Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Waco, Texas, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player whose current single was released in mid-February and is placing on all of the charts in Texas. She has more new music planned, which we will hear about today. She is a two-time Texas Female Vocalist of the Year. She was top six on season four of The Voice, having been on Team Blake. She has played well over 600 venues throughout Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, California, and Louisiana. She is also extremely involved in charitable and community efforts. You've been hearing a song of hers called The Finer Things. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Holly Tucker. Hey there, Bruce. How are you doing? Wonderful. Holly, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is so cool. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we do always start off every week by having the guest talk about the song of theirs that was playing during the intro, especially since I was talking over it. So Holly, tell us all about the song, The Finer Things. Well, this song is particularly special to me because um, I had a lot of really great co-writers on it with me. Um, I had uh, Stuart Holcomb and Alex Dooley and Brian Carper on this song with me. They're all amazing songwriters in Nashville and uh, and good buds of mine. And we all started to uh, uh, get together to write one day and we started to talk about, um, you know, our lives and what was going on at the time and, and, you know, how all, all of us have our struggles and all of us have the, the things that we wish we could change about our lives. But, and, you know, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could just, you know, make a million dollars and, you know, go on fancy vacations and like have a, have a ton of fancy cars and stuff like that. But really at the end of the day, I mean, we, we got back to talking about, you know, everybody's families and kids and, um, just people that we have in our lives that we love. And, and we were like, you know what? That's what life is really about. It's those are the real finer things in life. It's not the all the money in the world, and it's not the fancy vacations. It's it's who you get to share and spend your life with, and that's what makes the finer things in life. And so we started writing along that theme, and just you know, kind of reminding ourselves and all the listeners that um, as long as you have people that love you and that that you love in return, that's all that matters. Wow! Wow! What a great message. And what a great explanation. I thank you for being so detailed. I love the picture that you painted of of how that song literally was constructed. You you did as good a job like you like songwriters are supposed to do with creating a picture in listeners' heads during the song. You did that good of a job during that description of me seeing you in these songwriters sitting around coming up with that idea. Yeah, well thank you. Thank you. It's it's a fun process for sure and, and I love it when I get to write with people that are really real and authentic like that. But, you know, it didn't need any validation. But lo and behold, it was just the other day that I was on a conference call with a client of mine and Mark Allen Barnett, who listeners, you know, was the guest on episode 12 and episode 102 of this show. He's in Nashville. He's written more than 3000 songs. And he was talking with my client specifically about exactly what Holly just described, that the songwriting session is you're just sitting around talking about normal things, having a conversation, and lo and behold, it lends itself to eventually building into, okay, hold on a second, wait a minute, I've got an idea here, and pens start being put to paper, and so Holly, that's exactly what you just described with you and your co-writers. Well, thank you, yeah, that's 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 definitely true, you gotta live by that. <laughs> Well, but I think the message was, you know, you can't force yourself. You can't go into a writing session and say, "Okay, ready, here we go." What are we what are we writing? What what's the topic? What 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 have you come up with? Hold on, let's just talk. <laughs> let's exhale yeah, here. Exactly, exactly. That's when the most real things come out and 
that's what you want to do as an artist is be real and true and authentic to yourself. Well, in addition to the finer things, listeners do stick around for the other song from Holly that we're going to play in its entirety without me talking over it. (laughs) Because as I mentioned in the intro, that song that I'm referring to is doing great on the charts and rightfully so because it's really good. Can't wait for you to hear it. That will be at the end of this episode. But Holly, The Finer Things was released last November. Then the current single that I'm referring to was released in mid-February. And again, you're going to be releasing more new music still. So talk about that. Uh, Well, about the new song, I'm really, really excited for that. Um, It's coming out uh, towards the end of June. I I believe June 28th is the day that we have picked out. Um, And we're we're just really excited about that because uh, with this particular song, it's called Take Me Fishing. And uh, it's a song that I've been playing live at my shows for probably about two years now. Mm. And uh, it's the one that I've been, you know, just kind of trying out. As a a songwriter and as an artist, you, you try out new material on your audiences all the time just to get their feedback and, you know, see what they think about it. And this song consistently, everybody always asks, when is it coming out? When, Mm. when am I going to be able to buy it? When am I going to be able to listen to this and stream it? And, and so we've just been listening to our fans and, uh, and, and when I say our, I mean, team Holly, it's, uh, you know, me and my brother and, uh, and my dad is my manager as well. And, and we just all kind of, um, have been really excited to, to release this and and it's a fun summary song uh kind of based around a quote that i uh got off twitter from uh granger smith's alter alter ego um earl dibbles jr and uh it's it's just uh one day you know he i i look him up on twitter all the time and he's just incredibly funny and uh so one day he posted this on twitter he said um you know women really aren't all that complicated it don't take much to make them happy. All you got to do is call them beautiful and take them fishing. <laughs> and I was like, well, that man is a genius right there because that's the key to my heart. Uh, so <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I thought that'd make a really good country song. So I got a, a good friend of mine to help me write that. And um, yeah, it's it came out as Take Me Fishing and it's coming out in June finally. Well, another great storytelling job by you, but... I like that you mentioned in there that it's just been getting such a tremendous response that people have been saying, when is it coming out that we can get it? Because that's when, as a songwriter, like you said, you're looking for feedback. And I think, and, and I'm trying to put this in the form of a question, Holly, I think it's tough to try to get people to know, it's all right, I've got thick skin, like, tell me what you think of the song. So people were responding well to it. But just if you would, explain to the listeners that that process that we're talking about where you're putting a song out there, you're trying it out in your live shows, and you're trying it out because you do want people to talk to you afterwards and or on social media. What do you think about it? Because I haven't recorded it yet, so there's time for me to change something if there's something you're not responding to. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I I rely a lot on my fans for that, um, especially at acoustic shows. I, I don't really do that a whole lot at full band shows just because um, you have to keep the energy level up and mm. always throwing new songs at my band uh, is, is just really confusing and it kind of messes up the set. So I really focus on my acoustic um, shows where people are coming to really listen to the lyrics and you know they're coming to pay attention um, and then, you know, cause every now and then you get a gig where you're just, you know, kind of background noise in your wallpaper and, uh, and people just want to have something to drink to. And, uh, but you know, certain, certain other gigs are really great where people actually sit down and listen. And, uh, and that's where I like to pull out the new stuff, the stuff that I haven't tried out yet. Maybe the stuff I'm not quite as confident with. And, uh, that gives me sort of a direction, um, for what the next project might be. Not that I don't, know what I want to put out there um, and who I am as an artist, but it, it just helps to know what people are liking and not liking. And uh, thankfully, you know, uh, praise Jesus, my fans have been fantastic and they just, they haven't ever really, you know, shredded down one of my songs. <laughs> so uh, I was going to try to put you on the spot a little bit and say, what about the song that you write that you just absolutely love and you could care less what people think about it? If someone says, I'm not real thrilled with the bridge or eh, the chorus is just okay, there's got to be one of those ones that you say, I don't care if nine people line up and tell me, you know, if the 10th one says it's good, that's the person that's right. Because this song is awesome and I'm not changing a thing. Does that ever happen? 
you know, it happens in certain magical cases. Um, Let me interrupt you, know, you and I, say, I don't mean do nine people ever line up to tell you criticisms about it. I mean <laughs> songs that you're just so rabid about that you're going to release it the way you wrote it, no matter what. Right, right. I do have a couple of songs like that that I'm kind of holding on to. And uh, there's one song in particular that I feel that exact way about. And I also have a vision in my head for it being a duet. And I really want Cody Johnson to do it with me one day. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm not going to ever release this song until um, I have this song as a duet with Cody, if that ever happens, Lord willing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that that's one of those songs that, yeah, you, you, you do have to kind of stick to your guns. and um, And like you said, you just have to believe in it and stand up for it if it's if it's really um, what you love but I'm I'm one of these people that I I love getting better and constantly growing and I don't ever want to be you know stuck in the same place or you know think that I'm just you know perfect at everything that I do and put out so I'm really actually pretty open to criticism and uh, improvements and uh, because I, I really honestly still consider myself a learner at songwriting. I mean, I'm a student. Um, I, I, I always want to be soaking in tips and tricks to make me better. And, uh, Good for you. Cause there's so many people that are just out there that are just really naturally gifted with that gift of songwriting. And, um, yeah, yeah. So Good for I, you. it's just impressive. <laughs> Good for you. God bless you for having that attitude because it's, it's not everybody that can say, bring the criticism. I'm, I'm still learning. So that, that's a great trait to have. Listeners, you heard the finer things, and Holly talked about it. I mentioned that we're going to play her new single at the end. Now you just heard her talk about the song that's going to come out in June. So these are singles that we've been talking about. But Holly, is there, say, an EP or a full album on the way also? Yes, there is, and I'm super excited about that as well. Um, We have a whole strategic plan that goes behind this album, and and I'm going to kind of keep that a little bit of a secret for now because I want I want uh, everybody to kind of be in a little bit of anticipation for what's coming. But um, I can tell you that on this particular project, it is coming out in August, and um, it's going to be a complete EP of songs that I have co-written every single song. I'm a part of writing and creating a part of every single song. And so that is something that is new for me. I feel like that's a major area that I've grown in the last couple of years, kind of sticking to my guns and trying to trying to get better at at writing and and being more of a part of that process and uh, and putting out a more real, authentic uh, version of myself out there. So that's what I want people to expect with this new album. So what you're implying is that you've put out releases in the past where you have sung songs that you didn't write, yes? Right, yes. Okay, okay. Well, I understand you've got something coming soon, specifically at the end of May. Tell the listeners what I'm referring to. Yeah, so actually, um, a part of this whole process um, in becoming more open and vulnerable with people is um, letting people know exactly how they can help me because uh, my fans have been just incredible through this whole process since The Voice and before that and, um, you know, just always supporting me, always encouraging me, building me up. I really don't have that many haters online. I, I don't have that many people that get on and, and just troll me and uh, and pick on me and all that stuff. I have a lot of support. And so um, they people need to know the real, um, I guess the reality behind the music and the fact that it is really, really expensive to make music and to keep putting that out there. And, uh, especially as an independent artist and as more, even more, especially as an independent female artist, um, it's just a really hard world out there. Like it's, it's one of the hardest careers you could choose uh, to try to make a living at and and only do that, you know. So in May, all of that being said, what's coming is um, I'm going to be starting a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo, and I'm going to um, be giving away uh, different prize packages um, on Indiegogo if people donate money towards uh, the funding of the next record that's going to be coming out. So. 
basically people, um, everybody that's been supporting me this entire time, I'm going to be asking to come through with some financial support so that I can keep doing what I love. Because the reality is that if I don't have that, I may not be able to keep doing it in the future. And I like that you used the word vulnerable. I'm a big fan of that word. A lot of people, the word transparency, I think gets a little bit overused nowadays, perhaps almost even, I don't want to say out of context, but I think it's stretched a little too far. And vulnerable is more accurate because you're right. I think too many people see, let's use something relatable and say, a big social media following. They know that you are on The Voice. They know that you've released a lot of music, you play a lot of shows, and they think, well, she's doing fine. She's great. Then they don't even think about how much does all this stuff cost. So I like that you use the word vulnerable because it's exactly what you're doing is saying, I'm going to just be open and genuine with you, my followers, and let you know this is an expensive undertaking. And I appreciate your support, but if you're, it's just like I say with my Patreon for the show. If, you, if you're getting value from this show every week, whatever you can afford, it would mean a lot to me to help me with the cost of doing this every week for more than five years. And you're saying, I love my fans and I want to keep putting out new music, but there's a cost to it. <laughs> and it's yeah. maybe not as, <laughs> as glamorous as it may look from the outside that doesn't always translate to the dollar signs that the followers think it does. So... Again, God bless you that you're taking that approach and being sincere and letting people in to see this is how I feel that you're a part of what I do. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it, it, uh, it, it's scary to be that open about it because, I mean, I know what some people are going to say. I know some people are going to be like, well, you know, you're the one that chose this career path. And uh, of course, it's hard for an independent artist. I mean, you have no funding. I mean, what did you expect? It was going to be easy. Like you chose this career. Now you have to do what it uh, takes to make it happen. And while that is extremely true, and we are working our butts off every day, and people don't even see half of the struggles that we go through, because we try on social media to make it look like everything's happy-go-lucky, and yeah, I have all these cool things going on, and, and you know, life is just rainbows and sunshine, and, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it is not always like that, and actually, the majority of the time, we're just trying to figure out, man, how are we going <laughs> to, how are we going to make this next thing happen? How are we going to get to next month, you know? How are we going to, um, how are we going to put out what we can for, for our fans, and, um, and so that's, that's kind of what we've been struggling with, and we just want to be I want to be real with people about that, not in a complaining sort of way and not in a begging, a begging sort of way, but just letting people know, like, this is what it really is like. Yeah, it's educating people. Yeah, yeah. Well, listeners, if you perform and or record like Holly does, especially if you're doing things like a crowdfunding campaign, that probably means that you are an indie artist who's doing some recording on your own. So you want to be looking at the various recording solutions from Tascam. More than 40 years in business, globally, I might add, and that's who I use for all my recording, all my recording, but it's not just DIYers. The big names in music are using Tascam gear too. Grammy Award winner Alan Parsons uses Tascam, and you've even heard guests here on Now Hear This Entertainment talk about having used their stuff, including Roy Orbison Jr. when I interviewed him. And he said that his dad, the legendary Roy Orbison himself, used Tascam also. So check out all the solutions for performers and recording artists just like you, the indie artist, at TASCAM.com. Holly, obviously there's lots and lots of great country music coming out of Texas, but there's also this place in Tennessee that some folks might have heard of called Nashville, (laughs) And back in the intro, I mentioned five different states that you've performed in. The day before this episode releases, you will have just performed at the famed Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. Will that be your first time performing in Music City? No. um, Actually, I've performed there a couple of times, um, and not really on a big scale. I mean, it's usually just been songwriter rounds or... Um, you know, just little open mics or something like that. But this will be, uh, this will be my first big public show there in Nashville. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. It's a super iconic venue and I've been there a couple of times and it's just, uh, you can feel, you can 
tangibly almost feel the uh, history in that room and just all the greats that have walked through there and performed, and it's amazing. Well, what an exciting opportunity. The Bluebird Cafe is obviously well-known, and it sounds to me like you're going to have a little bit of an advantage that you've been there before. I would think if someone showed up there for the first time and it's because they're about to perform there, it's going to be even more overwhelming than, let's admit, it will be for you when you when you play there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, anybody that steps on that stage for the first time, I mean, it's got to be it, it it was nerve wracking, you know, for me going in there for the first time, you know, just just uh, attending and being in there, just uh, soaking up all that history. Like I said, you can just go in and feel it. And uh, and there's it's like it's like you can feel all of their, um, you know, every note that they sang in those walls. It's like they're embedded in, in the place itself. And it's just really cool. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And I think it helps to know the the people that have gone before you the people that have been there to know that you are you know in a hallowed hall as they say because there's and they probably wouldn't say it to you but the people at the bluebird i think would kind of want you to know that hey you got to have some respect for the people that came before you and you have to come in here knowing that i'm going to give this my absolute all which you should every performance but out of respect for those that came before me, because I do recognize the significance of this venue that I'm in. I believe it was back on episode 106 with Danny Brooks, who is also from Texas. He's a singer-songwriter, where he was telling people to really know about the history of the places, these noted venues that you perform in, and having that respect for those that have played there before you. Holly, as you can tell by what I was saying about looking at Tascam products, this show is done in large part for up-and-coming performers so that they can learn from me and my guests. There's a quote on your website that says, quote, 2018 presented us with a lot of blessings, but also a lot of challenges. A few seemingly great opportunities fell through, doors closed, and the new music I was creating was delayed in its release for various reasons, end quote. So Holly, for those listeners who are up and comers, what can you share with them in terms of what you learned going through what I just read in that quote? What advice can you pass along to them in terms of getting through adversity like that, since there is so much of it, unfortunately, in the music business? Uh, yeah, I, I will say that particular uh, quote, I mean, that that basically summed up my entire last year of life. Um it was without a doubt the darkest, most depressing time of my life mm. thus far. And, um, and I, I went through a real difficult period of, of like I, like we were kind of talking about earlier of trying to, um, not completely reveal that to people and not completely show that on social media and stuff. And, uh, just trying to, just get through that. And, um, it, it really tested my faith as well. Uh, my faith is a huge part of my life and for, for something as big as that to be happening to me and, uh, to consider the fact that I, I really know that music is my purpose. It's not just my, my passion and my love. It's, it's my God given purpose. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know exactly on what scale it's going to happen, one day, but I'm going to keep doing it until I get there. And I've always felt that way. And so for something like what happened last year to happen, uh, getting my music delayed and, um, having to undergo some really huge financial burdens. Um, I just didn't know how I was going to get out of it. Um, I didn't know where the light was going to be at the end of the tunnel. I really could not see it. And honestly, up until November, I, I could not see a light at the end of that tunnel. And mm. so it was a very, very dark time for me. I would just say to anybody that's undergoing that, um, or maybe starting to, or just coming out of it, maybe, um, man, just <laughs> the thing that helped me the most was really clinging to my faith, um, clinging to my family and my support system and, uh, not quitting no matter what. Um, e even on the darkest days, like, there, there's still, you know, that light in your heart that, that keeps you going and that tells you like, don't, don't give it up. Um, this is what you're meant to do. And if you really truly feel that deep down in your soul, 
then nothing can stop you. And uh, even the darkest of days. <laughs> and, you know, it, like in the Bible, it says this too shall pass. And that means for good things and bad things. And sure enough, now I'm on the other side of that tunnel. I'm in the light now. And I'm finally able to see the positive and, and where the future is headed. And uh, I'm going in a good direction again. And, um, you know, if, if I hadn't have had that good support system and and my faith to, to keep me there, I don't know what would have happened, to be honest. Um, I, I It would have been a, a totally different Holly that comes out on the other side. Mm. Well, thank you for, here's that word again, thank you for making yourself vulnerable and for opening up and sharing that with the listeners. And, and I, I echo everything you said in, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. it says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So yes. I think you can take great encouragement from that. And listeners, I'm glad that Holly shared, unfortunately, that she had to go through it, but that it lasted her as long as it did, because we recognize that the music business is very challenging, especially for an indie artist. So it can't, unfortunately, always be sitting on top of the world and every show is your best show and every song you release is your most successful one. There's going to be some down times. And so Holly just testified, unfortunately, it could be months and months and months and months and months, and you just end up having a bad year. But you got to persevere, and and obviously it's a God-given talent, Holly, that you have, and so you're giving it back to him and saying, I know this is what you have as my calling, so I'm going to persevere and lean on you to get me through this, and and now here you are in 2019, and, and big things are happening. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, a huge blessing to see it in hindsight to know everything that I went through and, um, and all of that has led me to what I'm doing now. And, uh, not that I would say like, I, I wish I didn't have to go through that. I mean, <laughs> like I, I do wish I didn't have to go through that, but at the same time, it definitely made me and our whole team a lot stronger. So sure. thankful for it. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, wow, I can't believe I'm having to say this, but your social media posts need to be heavy on related content. I was recently sent someone's Twitter handle, and when I went on to that account, I wasn't even sure if it was the right person based on what I was seeing or not seeing. I honestly wasn't convinced that I was looking at someone who is a singer, and mind you, this was the day before their new single was being released. There should have been all kinds of posts building up to it. I know you want to humanize your posts, but remember that people were drawn to your social media in the first place because of your place in entertainment make sure you're showing them that type of activity. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Holly, we have been blessed to get listeners from 143 countries around the world. So for the benefit of those who are just being introduced to you, let's just take a step back and have you talk to them about how all this got started because your parents founded a band in the 80s, and you, I guess not surprisingly, sang not only in church, but at fairs and festivals around Texas. Yes, yes. Um, I I actually, uh, my parents told me that I was uh, singing when I was, you know, three years old, and we would all get around the piano and all sing together, like, as family harmony and stuff when I was three. So I've been singing pretty much ever since I could remember, and I stepped on stage for the first time when I was seven years old at my wow. church here in Waco, uh, First Woodway. And uh, and so, so, yeah, since then, I just I wanted to do it for the rest of my life and I wanted to get more experience. So for Christmas um, that year, I got a karaoke machine in my room and I would <laughs> sing for hours and hours and hours and just practice. And then 
uh, like you were getting to, I, uh, I I started when I was about 11 years old. I tried to get on different stages at fairs and festivals, Texas Opry's, um, you know, open mic nights, karaoke nights, uh, talent shows, anything I could to get the practice and the experience. And um, yeah, that's I just did it for uh, years. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're able to remember a certain instance or a certain age, but I'm thinking of parents who might be listening right now that see their child that's a very young Holly Tucker that, oh, it's so great that she gets so much enjoyment out of it. But I'm just wondering what happens when somebody goes from, yay, I love singing to, hold on, I think this is actually my calling. I think this is really what I'm meant to do. How does somebody recognize that, especially a parent who loves their kid and is going to be their kid's biggest supporter and is always going to tell them that they're great, but at some point has to recognize I think our kid actually is really good and like really is serious about m- potentially making a career out of this. <laughs> uh, well, Bruce, I think that that might be more of a question for my parents. But uh, if I I've heard them, you know, kind of talk about that before. And they have said that when I was three years old, you know, uh, they would get around the piano. My mom's a piano player mm. and uh, we would get around like at Christmas time or something and play uh, away in a manger. And they, they said at three years old that, uh, they told me to sing on the melody and both my parents would find the other two harmonies. And for a kid, usually a kid will stop singing the melody because if other people are singing in their ear on a different part, on a different note, the, the child will, will gravitate towards a different note other than the melody and they won't be able to stay on the melody. Mm-hmm. But they said that at three years old, I was able to stay on melody on perfect pitch Whoa. every single time they would sing harmony Whoa. with me. And that was very rare for a three-year-old. So they just continued ever since then to just encourage me and, um, you know, get me, uh, listen to me anytime I wanted to, you know, perform for them or anything like that. And um, they just, they were my mentors growing up and they always fostered that in me. Um, I think where they started thinking this might be a career for me is when I started expressing that. Um, like, like I said, at 11 years old, I I was like, I want to get on stages. I want to perform for people. I want to, I want to get that experience and get over my stage fright. I started telling them that and Mm. they just, they started taking me everywhere they possibly could. And my parents are just that incredible breed of people that, um, they just supported me and my two older brothers in every single thing we ever wanted to do. Well, you actually put out quite a bit of music starting at a young age. And listeners, by this point, Holly has already released multiple full-length albums as well as EPs. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, right there. When I was about 14 years old, I started um, making albums and going into you know, cheap little recording studios and and getting practice in the studio as well. It's a whole different animal in itself. So I released one at 14, um, one at 15, one at 17. Mm. And um, yeah, then from there, it was The Voice. And everybody, you know, kind of recognizes the music I've released after The Voice. So yeah, it's it's been a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Waco, Texas by singer, songwriter, guitar player Holly Tucker. Visit her official website at hollytucker.com. Of course, there will also be a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. You can also find her on the major social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. As of right now, there are five dates in Texas booked for Holly to perform in May. In June, she will be in New Mexico, Kansas, and Texas. And the live schedule continues with shows already on the calendar for July, August, September, and October. So check it all out at hollytucker.com so you can make plans to go see her perform live. Holly's music is streaming on Spotify, but help her out with purchases of downloads of her music through iTunes. Plus, keep your eyes out for the start of the crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo that she mentioned is planned to launch at the end of May. If you heard last week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, then you know that there is a brand new website that has been launched for all the speaking that I do at songwriters festivals, at seminars, at workshops, conferences, lots of other business events. In fact, we are just now announcing that I'm going to be doing a workshop 
at the Smoky Mountain Songwriters Festival in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in August. Check out speakerbrucew.com, watch the video there, read the testimonials, and get in touch to see about having me as part of your event. I would love to come and be involved with whatever you're planning. Visit speakerbrucew.com and then get in touch. Let's make some plans. Holly, back in 2013, you were on The Voice and got all four chairs to turn. You were on Team Blake, finished top six. We have had a lot of guests on this show who are on The Voice and American Idol and even America's Got Talent and The X Factor, but I actually don't know if I've ever asked this before. As much as a lot of those people have told me that they are still in touch with some of the other contestants, are you still actually in touch with Blake Shelton anymore? Can you be in touch with him if you wanted? Um, I'm sure that I could probably, um, you know, get to him if I tried, but uh, I had his information right after the show, and we would uh, correspond back and forth for a little while, and uh, I would send him the new music I was creating and all that stuff, but um, then, and I don't know if this is like on purpose or anything, but right around the time when the big split was happening with Miranda is when um, his emails started kicking back to me mm. and his phone calls, like it was saying that the number you dialed is not in service anymore. So I think that he probably changed all his information. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Um, but e- ever since then, I have not been able to get in touch with him. That makes sense. So. That makes sense. Well, I mentioned back in the intro that you're also a two-time Texas Female Vocalist of the Year. You've actually won some pretty other notable awards, too. Song of the Year, Album of the Year, Video of the Year, CMA of Texas, 2018 Rising Star. As great as those all are, what do you have your sights on next? Like, what's the next target? Grammys, CMA awards, or maybe it's just sales goals or touring goals instead of awards? What, what, are the, what is the target or the targets plural? You know, this this is always such a hard question for me because the music industry is so fluid and uh, it's always changing. There's always something new to want or some new goal to hit. Um, but I will say like some of my biggest picture goals are one day getting to perform on the Grand Ole Opry and maybe be inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. Um, that would just be the absolute ultimate goal for me. Um you know, I don't even know if it could get higher than that. <laughs> um, that's just like, you know, that's the home of the country music family. And then I also, of course, I mean, yeah, the goal is always to to get to the next level and to, uh, you know, go from go from, uh, you know, regional to uh, or local to regional to statewide to national. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm blazing that trail right now, just trying to perform in as many different areas as I can and um, stay loyal to my fan base here in Texas. And I mean, the goal, um, in the future would definitely be to be nominated for uh, different like CMA and ACM awards and just to be recognized in the community because it's a sort of validation that what you're doing is, is right. And, um, and you're on the right path and, uh, people are liking what you're doing. So that's definitely, um, those are some goals as well. And, um, you know, but, but on a, on a everyday level, my goals are always to be putting out the best possible music that I can always being real to myself and being real with my fans and, um, just, uh, being able to make a living out of this. I mean, I don't necessarily need to be some, you know, big Taylor Swift or something like that. I mean, I think that that'd be awesome. And you always shoot for that, but (laughs) if I can just, uh, if I can just do what I love for a living, I mean, it's hard to ask for more than that. Yeah, if in 40 years you're still doing what you're doing now, then you've had a obviously successful career. And you're not in this for the awards, but it doesn't hurt when you win them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listeners, I mentioned that in addition to Holly being a singer-songwriter, she also plays guitar. If you listen to this show regularly, thank you, of course. And you know that I play guitar as well, and specifically a Boulder Creek guitar. Country star Lee Bryce plays Boulder Creek, as does Larry Gatlin. And Boulder Creek does ukuleles also. And as we heard on episode 248 with Chris Donahue, who plays with Emmy Lou Harris, they do bass as well. I mentioned last week that you can even have Boulder Creek custom build a guitar just for you. Take a look at the many others who play instruments from Boulder Creek and learn about the unique suspended bracing system 
It's all at bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Holly, I mentioned back in the intro that you're heavily involved in the community and with charitable efforts. The temptation is to just mail it in and ask you to talk about the different groups you work with, but I would rather put a different spin on it and, again, try to help the listeners who are up-and-coming performers themselves because my fear is that they're going to hear about all the work that you do away from the stage, away from the recording studio, and think to themselves, not me, I don't have time for that stuff, and I don't have any money to give to those organizations. I need all my time and my money to put into my music career so I can try to get ahead and make a living at this and get noticed. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like you said, you were very accurate in what you just said. I mean, when you're a new artist starting out, like you, you literally, I mean, you don't, you don't have the, <laughs> the funds necessarily to, uh, to financially contribute. But, um, and it's, it's even hard for, for me at the, at the level that I'm at, like it's, it's hard to consider, um, you know, supporting financially. So you do it where you can and you do it, in the ways that you can, and you can still contribute to an organization of your choice or, or somebody that asks you to do a benefit, you can still contribute with your time. And a lot of the ways that I love to do that is, um, being either like a spokesperson for an event or for a particular organization and, and going out there and representing that organization uh, with just who I am. And literally that takes nothing but my time. And it's so appreciated because, you're bringing about an awareness to that organization. And, um, I also love to go and, and bring my guitar whenever I, I go out and I'll, I'll play a, a set for that organization. And, um, you know, it's, it's really just your time because while anybody can donate money, I mean, time is a resource that you can't get back. So that's the most valuable resource that we have. And especially as artists, when you can give 30 minutes of your time to go play for a charitable organization, um, whatever it may be, that's very, very special. And, um, and bringing awareness about the organization is special as well. So just do it where you can. That's, that's what I would say. Well, and as they say in the church, time and talent. So I like that you said it doesn't necessarily have to be money because time and talent is what you can donate. And, and nobody is asking you, listeners, if you're a performer, nobody's asking you to go on a national tour and play a 75-minute show and not get paid for any of it because it's a charitable organization. And so, Holly, I like that you said 30 minutes because that really makes it sound very manageable. And I'd be very surprised, listeners, don't discredit yourself and say, well, I'm not Holly Tucker. I haven't had the success that she's had. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a charitable organization that if you went to them and said, I'd like to donate my time and talent to your next event and perform for 30 minutes, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one that's going to say, no thanks, we don't need you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every single time that that has been uh, approached, uh, to, or that, a, that an organization has approached me for that, I mean, you know, you think that it's not making a big difference. And then after you're done, you just get people coming up to you and just loving on you. And, and it's almost better sometimes than when you go and play a paid gig. I mean, like I said, like sometimes you go in and, and you play for a, a crowded room of people, but not a one of them is listening and not a one of them cares if you're there. And, uh, and for these organizations, like they just appreciate the fact that you're even there. I mean, you're just, you're giving of yourself and that's so valuable. That's tremendous. I love that you said that. That's a great comparison because everybody knows about sitting in those four-hour bar gigs and no one is listening to you and you're competing with sports on TV overhead and all of a sudden you go and do a charitable gig that you're not even being paid for and you just feel like a million bucks because of what you gave, the way you made people feel, the fact that people listen, they came up to you afterwards. Holly, are you choosing these organizations yourself, meaning maybe there's some kind of personal connection that you have to them, or are they approaching you, or is it a combination of the two? Um, the big ones that I have been involved with, with in the past, uh, where I, I say on my website that I've uh been either a spokesperson or involved in some bigger way, those are the ones that I have kind of um, sought out and been really, really excited about. Now, um, whenever I, I get approached to do a, a benefit or something like that, I still have that personal connection, but 
Um, but it's more, yeah, it's, it's, it goes both ways. I mean, they, they approach me sometimes and sometimes I go out of my way to, to say, Hey, this is something I'm really passionate about. Um, like the time that I, uh, a couple of years ago, I got a guitar given to me and it was a brand new, beautiful Martin guitar. And, uh, I didn't want to keep it. You know, that was, that was something that was really uh, special and meaningful. I wanted to do something good with it because I got it for free. And so at that time was when Hurricane Harvey had just happened. Um, and everybody down in Houston and in those southern regions were really needing money and financial aid and all of that. So I raffled that guitar off um, just because I was I was really passionate about that particular issue. And um, so I sought out. um Oh goodness. It's uh not Texas Cares. Maybe it was Texas Cares where I uh I sent them the money from the raffle from that guitar down to Houston to help with that. So it really just goes all sorts of ways. Wonderful. Wonderful. And listeners, I'll give you a tip. If you go and approach an organization or two and you do one or two of these things first, then organizations are going to be more likely to see on your website and on your social media, oh, they do perform at charitable events. Maybe I'll contact them and say, would you like to perform at ours? So take that for what it's worth. We're going to close today, Holly, with another song of yours, the latest single called Country Music Won't Let Me. And listeners, if you've been with me long enough on NHTE, you know that when I hear a song I really like, I speak up and say so. And wow, <laughs> this this easily is definitely one of those songs. The comment I made about it yesterday was that it's great that the song is on the Texas charts, but it should definitely be on the national charts. So Holly, before we play it and before we let you go, tell the listeners all about Country Music Won't Let Me. Well, thank you so much for your nice comments, Bruce. I really do appreciate that. Um, this song is very special to me in particular because, um, again, I had some really great co-writers on it. But, uh, you know, country music means so much to me. And I think that that in itself is a thought that resonates with a lot of people for different reasons. And, uh, you know, when you're just in your car and you're listening to the radio or your phone or whatever, a song can come on and it just takes you back to that exact moment when you first heard the song or when you heard the, the or when you had the feeling that that song describes. And country music, for whatever reason, has just always done that the absolute best for me. And I think that that resonates with a lot of people. And so, um, especially when it comes to heartbreak, you can, you can hear a song and it can take you back to that exact moment when your heart was broken, when you were just shattered. And, uh, and that's what the song is about. It's, it's a girl that is just absolutely, she's trying to move on with her life and, uh, she's trying to, trying to get over this person and, uh, this guy and and this song just comes on whatever song it is just comes on it takes her right back to that moment and she just can't move on country music will not let her move on and uh i think that we've all been in that situation at some point or another so that's what country music won't let me is about outstanding well congratulations on the new song best of luck with the rest of the releases that you have coming up we heard listeners a single in june and then the EP release in August, and of course, uh, all the best with your crowdfunding campaign, too. Thank you so much for your time, Holly. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Bruce. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Holly Tucker. Do visit her official website at hollytucker.com. And again, there will be a link to it also from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Be sure to engage with Holly on social media as well. Here's what I did today. I liked her Facebook page. I followed her on Twitter and Instagram. Please do all that as well. Subscribe to her YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music and now hear this entertainment. Remember that she has that Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign starting at the end of May, so keep up with her online to see how and when you can support her that way. As I mentioned before, lots of live shows coming up for Holly, so check out her website or social media for dates and locations, including Texas, New Mexico, and Kansas. And of course, sure, stream her music on Spotify. This show is on Spotify, too. But help Holly by purchasing downloads of her music from iTunes. As you heard, there are more than just these singles she has talked about. Full albums and EPs from Holly are available on iTunes. 
Don't forget also to check out the new website that has been launched for all the speaking that I do. It's at speakerbrucew.com, and you can see a video there as well as testimonials and other information towards what I can do to be an asset for whatever event you are a part of, whether that be a songwriters festival, a workshop, seminar, conference, even a corporate event. Get on speakerbrucew.com to see all the info there and to get in touch to book me to be a part of what you're planning. I'd love to come speak to your group. And if you're a songwriter, look at the Smoky Mountain Songwriters Festival in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in August. I will be doing a workshop there. Thanks ever so much for listening to NHTE episode 273. We'll send you out with another song from Holly Tucker. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Country Music Won't Let Me. Every time I leave you in the past Just when my mind quits looking back I hear a hurting song That takes me back where we went wrong It's like every word and melody Was written just for you and me I'd give anything If I could just move on Right when I'm letting go